Hello, this is your fertility pharmacist. This podcast is for women who are trying to overcome infertility. If you keep a pulse on late-breaking fertility research, it could positively alter the course of your fertility journey like it has for me. Hi, I'm Elise, your fertility pharmacist. In this 25th podcast episode, I'll be talking about a study that revealed how use of contraceptives impacts how fertility is forecasted. Before getting into this more, I think we need to be on the same page about certain words and certain tests so the study makes more sense. Here's some background. Before a woman freezes her eggs or attempts IVF, one of the things her doctor will do is assess her ovarian reserve, which, in other words, is how many eggs are still in a woman's ovaries that could be used to make a future baby. Figuring out ovarian reserve is not tied to any one test, and no test is fully accurate. Sometimes more than one test is used to give a rough estimate of how many eggs a woman might produce if her ovaries were pummeled with drugs to release multiple eggs. One of the main tests to figure out ovarian reserve is a blood test of anti-malarian hormone, which for short is called AMH. AMH is a hormone that's produced by early follicles way before an egg is released, and it is known to decrease with age and have variations based on race. Here are three reasons why AMH is frequently used. One, it's a pretty easy test to do. It's just a blood draw. Two, the level doesn't change depending on where a woman is in her menstrual cycle. And three, the test is useful for women who do and do not have fertility issues. Since the AMH test is convenient and useful in a range of women, this brings us to today's study, which was published last month in the medical journal Fertility and Sterility. It's called Duration, Recency, and Type of Hormonal Contraceptive Use and Anti-Malarian Hormone Levels. Despite that long name, what made this study fun is that it's a reboot of an older study with a twist. The older study took place a decade ago with over 1,600 African-American women of reproductive age who voluntarily participated to help understand the risk factors for uterine fibroids. While looking at the fibroid risk factors, there were a ton of tests and data collected. Even though that original study ended in 2012, it was in a sense rebooted six years later in 2018 when the frozen blood samples that had been collected from those women years earlier, they were de-thawed, spruced up for some new and much-needed research on how AMH relates to contraceptives. By the way, if you have ethical questions about this study, please check out the link to the original study in the podcast show notes to read about how the women participating, they were legitimate volunteers who were fully informed. With the newly thawed blood samples, this rebooted study compared levels of AMH based on use of hormonal contraceptives. The study looked at contraceptives that were oral, injectable, insertable, etc. And here's what it found. Looking at the vaginal ring, AMH levels were 65% lower compared to women not using a hormonal contraceptive. Women on the Depo-Provera shot were having 27% lower AMH levels than women not using contraceptives. Women that were taking a pill combination of estrogen and progesterone on average had a 25% lower AMH level. Women taking a levonorgestrel IUD, they had 13% lower levels of AMH compared to women not using a hormonal contraceptive, but per statistics, that 13% difference wasn't significant. 
The copper IUD was not tested because copper technically isn't a hormone. There weren't enough women on the patch or an implant to tease out differences there. Since that was a lot of numbers, a quick recap is that women taking the vaginal ring, presumably the Nuva ring, had the greatest drop in AMH, and that women using an IUD, 10 years ago this all would have been Marina, had the greatest drop in AMH compared to non-users, but all women on a hormonal contraceptive had lower AMH levels. On average, putting everybody together in one group, all the contraceptives compared to people that were not on a contraceptive, their levels of AMH were 25% lower. So that was a significant decrease that you would be looking at if you went in and got your AMH level checked and you were on a hormonal contraceptive. Interestingly, women who had formerly used hormonal contraceptives but had stopped, their AMH levels were close to those of women who had never used a hormonal contraceptive because most of the women had either been on the contraceptive for over a year or had been off for over a year. It was hard to draw a firm conclusion on just how long a woman needs to be on or off to notice that change in AMH. There are a ton more details in this study If you're interested, I'm posting them in the show notes. These were the big ticket items worth discussing. Regarding what the authors thought of their study, they remained humble and thought of the fact that the blood test had been run on samples that had been revived after six to eight years on ice. They also spoke of how some might claim their results are limited to African-American women only. But other studies, smaller than this one, have indicated that contraceptives impact ovarian reserve testing in women in other ethnicities too, so this information is not just limited to women of this heritage. In fact, the practice committee for the main governing body of reproductive medicine, for short called ASRM, has updated its latest statement to reflect that AMH levels should be interpreted cautiously in women who are taking hormonal contraceptives. Having the backing of the main medical body of reproductive endocrinologists supports results like these of the study. When ASRM had last made a statement about AMH in 2015 in this context, they had said nothing about the influence of contraceptives. So this is really late-breaking research. And from today's study, hopefully physicians are better guided in treating women who are planning egg freezing or IVF. And speaking of plans... Say you're a woman who is coming off of being on birth control for a long time. Now you want to do IVF or egg freezing. Does this mean you should hold off until a certain time period has passed? I don't think anyone's recommending that, as truly time can be critical when it comes to fertility. In fact, the authors behind today's study wrote in their conclusion that the reduction in AMH levels among current contraceptive users represents alterations in follicular development, not a change in the ovarian reserve. So rather than hold off for a certain time frame after stopping a contraceptive, it makes more sense to notify your healthcare team of just how long you've been off of it and which contraceptive it was so that when they test your AMH, they look at it in the context of your recent history. And that concludes today's episode. I hope you learned that testing AMH can be useful for learning how many eggs a woman could expect from stimulating her ovaries, but that her AMH can change based on how recently she's been taking a hormonal contraceptive. 
For even more details than that covered in today's episode, please feel free to check out all of the research behind the episode linked up in the show notes at www.yourfertilitypharmacist.com. This is Your Fertility Pharmacist. Thanks for tuning in. 